Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, August 5th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Abortion providers in southern states are relocating after the constitutional right to the procedure was reversed. You know, I was staring at a map and it just kind of all came to me and said to my team, I think it's this town in Carbondale. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz explores how a college town in southern Illinois is grappling with its complicated history surrounding reproductive health care. Governor Mike Parson is asking for federal help to clean up after last week's flooding. The governor has submitted a request for a major disaster declaration for St. Louis, as well as St. Louis, St. Charles, and Montgomery counties. If approved, federal assistance would be available for residents whose homes were damaged. Local governments and nonprofits would also be able to ask for help to repair roads, bridges, or other public infrastructure. Officials estimate that at least 750 homes suffered serious damage in the flooding and around 130 businesses. Residents who need help accessing resources like housing can attend a multi-agency resource center today and tomorrow at Friendly Temple Missionary Baptist Church on Kings Highway. One of those centers in University City had to be shut down yesterday because of the number of people who showed up. The Post-Dispatch reports some waited in line for roughly five hours before the center opened and they could get inside. The Missouri Department of Public Safety says the multi-agency resource center quickly reached capacity, leading to the decision to shut it down. People are advised to attend one of those sessions today and tomorrow at the center opening at Friendly Temple Missionary Baptist Church. In other news, eminent domain might be used to force the sale of homes to make way for a $190 million development in University City. St. Louis Public Radio's Danny Wisentowski reports. The city is partially funding the project with $70 million in tax increment financing bonds. But residents say officials and developers are breaking their previous promise to not use eminent domain on owner-occupied homes. University City Manager Gregory Rose says the city doesn't want to rely on the controversial legal process, but the project is very important. We were very fortunate to get a business like Costco, and Costco would have been here or they would have likely been in a competing city uh, with us. Rose says he's hopeful negotiations with the holdout homeowners can resume. In June, developer Larry Chapman said 34 of 37 homes in the redevelopment zone had been purchased. I'm Danny Wisentowski, St. Louis Public Radio. Business leaders in St. Louis are asking for more public investment in the city's downtown. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports. Downtown St. Louis generates about 20% of the money that goes into St. Louis's general fund, but only accounts for about 5% of city spending. That's according to a new economic impact study from Greater St. Louis, Inc. Jason Hall is the CEO of that organization. He says downtown is seeing more activity. So the resurgency is real, but the momentum is not victory. It's an opportunity to lean into and make smart decisions and smart investments that set downtown and St. Louis Metro up for long-term success. Hall says public safety and building and road quality are key challenges for further growth. He says he and other organizations are asking for significant investments from the city to make the area more attractive for the future. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. A former attorney for the January 6th committee is continuing his bid as an independent for Missouri U.S. Senate seat. 
John Wood moved back from Washington, D.C. to run for that seat. He says his address before jumping into the race should not be a major issue. We're seeing huge inflation that's cutting into people's paychecks. It's really hurting people. And I think it's in large part because of the excessive spending from the Biden administration and the Democrats. And so that's a bigger issue to people than whether I lived outside the state for several years. You can hear more from Wood's appearance on Politically Speaking at stlpr.org. As the Metro East sees an influx of patients seeking abortions after the fall of Roe v. Wade, one southern Illinois town is preparing to absorb some of the demand from the Midwest and much of the South. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz reports. About a dozen regulars grip custom wooden mugs at PK's Bar in Carbondale, a college town roughly 100 miles southeast of St. Louis. What do kids go to college for? (laughs) It ain't to learn. Well, it's a learn not to party too much. That's Dan Abbott, who's lived in town his entire life. Politically, Carbondale is a blue dot in the ruby-red sea of southern Illinois. Abbott believes abortion access should be up to the patient and says he doesn't object to the latest hot-button issue, clinics who offer the procedure coming to town. Women should have their own choice. This is how it is. For neighboring states like Missouri and Indiana, as well as a large swath of the South, this city of 22,000 could become the closest place to get a legal abortion for millions. Jennifer Pepper is the CEO of Choices, a reproductive health clinic based in Memphis. When they announced the, the Dobbs case, we knew that meant very likely that we were going to lose access to abortion in Tennessee within the next uh, 12 months. So Pepper and her team started looking for another location to expand their services. She grew up in the Metro East and remembered Carbondale was the first train stop in Illinois from the South. That would make a possible clinic easily accessible for those traveling from southern states that have now banned or restricted abortion access. Illinois' Democratic supermajority also enshrined the right to an abortion in state law in 2019. Pepper says all of that made Carbondale the perfect place for choices. You know, I was staring at a map and it just kind of all came to me and said to my team, I think it's this town in Carbondale. Depending on when the clinic opens, it will become the first or second in town to offer elective abortion care in decades. A Texas doctor also announced plans to move his practice to Carbondale and other providers may soon follow. Clinics here will help relieve pressure on those that offer abortion in Granite City and Fairview Heights. But Carbondale has a complicated history with abortion. A provider hasn't offered elective abortion services in town since 1985. That's when anti-abortion doctors and nurses petitioned the board of Carbondale Memorial Hospital, the largest in the region, to stop the practice. George Maroney was the hospital administrator at the time. He's now retired. It was just the pressure of people in the community, and board members are easily pressured. As before, some anti-abortion community members today have also expressed their ire. At Carbondale City Council meetings, one even called for the death penalty for doctors who perform the procedure. I do not want to see an abortion clinic here. I am against abortion. Please don't bring death to the city. And this is going to haunt you the rest of your life. Carbondale City Councilman Adam Lowes has pushed back on the anti-abortion rhetoric. He says the opposition may be vocal at times, but there's not much, if anything, the city council can do to stop providers from coming to town. What I've told them, speaking for myself rather than for the city, is that even if there were something, I wouldn't participate in that, and I don't think there's a majority for it. For decades, the Republican Party has capitalized on abortion as part of its political agenda winning over many southern states and much of this part of Illinois. 
we're like the south of the north, so if that makes any sense, you know, like we still have some, I would say, more conservative type leaning policies and like attitudes towards most things, but we are in Illinois. That's Paige Dykus. She's from neighboring Heron, Illinois, and like many others on a recent summer evening, she's laid out on a blanket at one of Carbondale's annual sunset concerts, trying to combat the muggy heat. Belinda Johnson is also at the concert and says she isn't for abortion, but the decision should be left up to an individual. A woman should be in control of her own body. If she chooses to have an abortion for her own personal reasons, I don't think it should be a problem. In fact, many Southern Illinois residents are banding together to support the new clinics. Community activist Cassandra Coffey is one of them. She says the right to privacy, not just abortion access, is under attack with the recent Supreme Court ruling. What these judges are effectively doing is putting every precedent based on that up on the chopping block, and that affects everyone. Coffee and Choice's CEO, Jennifer Pepper, both hope that when the dust settles, this southern Illinois town will become a haven for those seeking legal reproductive health care. In Carbondale, I'm Brian Munoz, St. Louis Public Radio. Amy Mayer edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.